Congratulations, you're listening to Podcast Rebellion. This is Podcast Rebellion, everybody. Joined, as always, by Whiskey Wednesday. I am Juco All-American, and we have huge news. Ole Miss has a new defensive coordinator. Uh, this is according to Chris Lowe, although by the time you're listening to this, I, I assume it will be echoed everywhere. It's, it's already been reported all over the internet, but nothing official has been announced yet. Uh, Ole Miss has added or has signed Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Golding to be its new defensive coordinator, replacing Chris Partridge and probably Maurice Crum, although I guess he hasn't really been mentioned in the in the reports yet. Um, yeah, Ole Miss got Alabama's defensive coordinator, and um, we'll sort of talk a little bit about why that is. Uh, what hap- what could have happened, what to expect moving forward, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but I just want to just just to before we kind of get into too much. Um, do you remember that when Lane Kiffin was hired, Pete Golding was someone that everyone was talking about as a potential head coach instead of Lane Kiffin? I I do, and I think his his name was tossed around as like a pie in the sky candidate to join Matt Luke's staff or something when, when that whole thing was, was going on. Uh, I, I can't remember if that's correct, but uh, that rings a bell. Yeah. There's, there's definitely been a lot of ties to, to Pete Golding and Ole Miss in the past. Yeah. But I even mean like, you know, we can debate how his tenure at Alabama has gone. And again, we'll talk about that in a minute, but um, if three years ago, Ole Miss fans were thinking of him as head coach quality hire. Then three years later to hire him as just your defensive coordinator is, you know, pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but let's, let's talk a little bit about um, Pete Golding and, you know, what he brings. Um, so he has coached, uh, he, he coached for a while at Delta State. He coached at Southeast uh, Selah. Uh, he coached at Southern Miss as a defensive backs coach. Then he was the UT San Antonio defensive coordinator. And then he was hired to be defensive coordinator at Alabama um, in 2018. So he has been the Alabama defensive coordinator for five years. Um, and now he is the Ole Miss defensive coordinator. I just can't, I'm just going to say that over and over again. Um, he so his defenses on uh, footballoutsiders.com, which has like a uh, a ranking system that that they have. Um, his defenses at Alabama have ranked, uh, I believe, third, eleventh, twenty-first, which was twenty twenty, which was the weird COVID year when everybody only played SEC teams, sixth and fifth, and that's uh, in, in the country. That's not um, you know league in the league. Now, of course, like Alabama has typically the best roster in the country. So uh, I guess an argument could be made that having the third, fifth, sixth, and 11th best defenses in the nation is like not good because, because the, the four years before he got there, they had the fourth, first, first, and second best defenses in the country. But like, it's fine. I mean, yeah. You, it's hard to overstate how important it is to bring in someone who 
just has that big game experience, who has that institutional knowledge to bring from Nick Saban's program. I mean, those things are important, even if Pete Golding isn't, you know, the best defensive coordinator Alabama has ever had, you know? Yeah. Also, like, how did Lane Kiffin... Lane Kiffin didn't coach at Alabama at the same time as Pete Golding. So, like, how did that work? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, there's there's some, you know, fraternity aspects to to coaching. Um, you know, like I'm I'm sure that Pete Golding and Lane Kiffin knew each other well before this whole thing popped up. Like I'm sure of it. Uh but yeah, that that's still a crazy development. And also so, you know, we're, we're gathering news, like literally while we're doing this podcast. Yeah. 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 So football scoop has released uh, a report on Golding saying that he was offered a raise to stay at Alabama, uh, but, but took this job instead. Um, no way to know how accurate that is, or if there's something else going on that we're just not aware of or what, but that seems to blow a huge hole in the narrative that this was sort of Nick Saban letting him down gently, which has been kind of the rumor. Yeah. I will say like, I'm not naive enough to think that like Alabama and Ole Miss on equal footing, he chose Ole Miss. Like there have to be, you know, other elements to that, that, that make it work. But of course, like for Ole Miss to be able to make itself an option is still awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we we look forward to hearing more information about how all this went down. Again, this is just so new, but but yeah, super exciting, and yeah, we'll we'll definitely bring some needed defensive changes to you know to the, to the Ole Miss football program after some really head scratching bad performances. After you know, honestly, a pretty good start to the year in 2022 Um, a lot of impressive defensive performances to start the year. And then things just like really went to hell really quickly towards the, the last, you know, third of the season. Yeah. And, you know, on, on both sides of the ball at times, but man, on defense, there were just some crushing, crushing losses on defense. Yeah. The, the Arkansas game this year was one of the worst Ole Miss defensive performances I've ever seen, you know, including teams with way less talent. It was just abysmal. Yeah. Um, so Pete Golding, uh, as, as a play caller, um, you know, we're going to learn more and more about that over time. I will say like Alabama has been super multiple. Um, they do a lot more four down linemen than Ole Miss did last year. Um, but they still also had three down sets. So for anybody who's like, yeah, we're a hundred percent going back to four. It's not really like that. Um, I, I would guess that we're not looking at a three, two, six, um, next season, but I mean, nothing obviously has been announced. Like I'm telling you like an hour ago is when this was announced. We just wanted to quickly get on a podcast and just kind of react for a little while. Um, yeah, absolutely. But even, so even Golding's three down lineman sets, if I understand were more three, four hybrid right. look, Right, exactly. Where you don't have four safeties out there. A hundred percent. Yeah, he um, he is you know big into uh, loading the box and and making 
opposing run games work for it. Um, but past that, uh, he is he is a recruiter, um, and specifically, he has found a lot of success recruiting the state of Mississippi. Um, obviously, he played he played at Delta State. Uh, am I right? Uh, I said that he did. He did. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, and I know he coached there. Um, he's originally from Hammond, Louisiana. So he has recruited all over the South Southeast. Actually, if you look at his like all-time commitments, which twenty four seven Sports uh, allows for, you can kind of search for him. Uh, it's Florida, Alabama, Texas, Louisiana, Mississippi, like all of the normal Southern recruiting areas. And I, I say that because like obviously Alabama recruits everywhere, uh, but it appears that Golding is involved when it is sort of close to home, which Ole Miss is going to have to be able to continue to find success in those states. So having someone with, with success added to the staff there is good. Um, I mean, I, I actually said this in the article I wrote on redcuprebellion.com, which you should all go read, uh, but he recruited... He was the primary recruiter for Jaheim Otis and the primary recruiter for Byron Young, who are both, uh, you know, highly rated defensive linemen who left the state of Mississippi to go to Alabama. And I'm not at all saying that, like, you know, Jaheim Otis would have chosen Ole Miss if Pete Golding was here or something like that. I, I have no idea. But battles become slightly tilted slightly less in Alabama's favor when we have, when you don't have someone who is well known for recruiting Mississippi, uh, who you're fighting up against. Now I'm not saying that Ole Miss is going to continue, going to just start like winning all its battles against Alabama and recruiting. That's preposterous, but uh, you know, it's nice to have the person who is successful in those battles on our staff instead of on Alabama's. Yeah. And I would presume uh so the top two players in Mississippi for the 2024 class are uh Camarion Franklin and Daniel Hill. Um Franklin is a larger edge rusher and a borderline five-star player if not a five-star. Um one of the top 5 or so defensive linemen in the whole country. Um Daniel Hill is an athlete probably projected at linebacker. Uh, but plays running back to um, those are the top two players in Mississippi. And I guarantee you that Pete Golding is the head recruiter for both of those guys for Alabama. Yeah, uh, actually I, I I'm looking on 24 seven. Now uh, he is the head recruiter for Daniel Hill. He is the secondary recruiter to Freddie Roach, who is the defensive line coach uh, for Camarion Franklin, but still like obviously involved. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, both of those guys, Alabama is a major, major factor for those guys too. Daniel Hill, uh, it's it's been reported that Alabama is like way out in front. And so maybe now that that tide shifts um, in Franklin, it's kind of 50-50 between Alabama and Ole Miss with, you know, other national players involved as well. So that, that could be a huge uh, play for a couple of key pieces in the 2024 class. Yeah. Um, then obviously there's the chance that he brings players with him. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, the Ole Miss defense, it, it has a talent deficit, you know, not, not a terrible one, not the worst one we've seen in our time following Ole Miss, but yeah, not at all, but yeah, a very apparent talent deficit, especially in the front seven. And that seems to be where his specialty kind of lies. He's been the, the inside linebackers coach at Alabama, uh, in addition to defensive coordinator while he's been there. Um, and so, yeah, you, you'd think, uh, that he'd be able to address some of those needs and maybe bring a player or two who he feels might be overlooked at Alabama or just, you know, a little, I don't know, you know, a guy that has guys ahead of him, but has a lot of promise. Um, I mean, it's, it's very late in this portal recruiting period. Um, and that may be Ole Miss's best chance to grab a couple of elite defenders or a couple of defenders who can start, contribute, make a difference. Yeah, yeah. I just looked, and um, Alabama actually only has one defender in the portal at the moment, and it's a walk-on who actually was committed to Ole Miss at one point, Rodney Johnson, who's a corner. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I don't even remember him having committed to Ole Miss at some point. <laughs> no, uh, but but uh, he, he hasn't played. I mean, you know, if if he wants to come as a walk-on, sure, whatever. But, uh, you know, that's not going to, like, make the defense great. Um, but Alabama has, you know, lost a lot to the portal on the offensive side uh, this offseason. Like, I'm actually looking one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah. ten, eleven. Tons of wide receivers, tons of offensive linemen. Twelve of their fifteen losses to the portal have been offensive. And uh I wonder if like Golding leave leaving somehow leads to just a few. Like that that's that's all that's that's the only thing that Ole Miss really needs. Like just like a few guys, you know, come come with him. Uh, and maybe not even from Alabama, like maybe there are players who were recruited by Pete Golding, who are at Michigan, who are, you know, wherever, who see him there and now are pulled to, to Ole Miss. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or, you know, even guys who Golding kind of kept tabs on who weren't quite good enough for yeah. that Alabama offer, but then maybe went to whatever directional school and have torn it up, you know, like we don't, yeah. we don't know. There's, there's a world of possibility out there and that's, that's a really fun and exciting thing. Um, or went to like a power five school. That's not especially good and tore up, you know? Yeah. yeah, Absolutely. So yeah, a ton of stuff out, a ton of stuff out there in terms of, you know, what could happen in the next week. Uh, could be just a crazy, crazy next, you know, couple of weeks before the, the deadline for, for Ole Miss to add new players. Um, well, the portal closes what next week, right? Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm going to sound like an idiot, but I, I keep seeing conflicting things on whether when the portal closes, whether schools can continue to recruit and add players. I've seen, I've seen it both ways where, where, you know, the, the end of that portal period means you can't add any more players. 
And I've seen it where it just means that players can't enter the portal, but when ah. in, they can continue to be recruited and, and end up at different schools. So I really don't know. I, I okay. kind of think it's the latter based on my Yeah, I mean, the, the latter makes sense. Like, you wouldn't want it so that a person who wants to transfer from his academic school can't transfer for a semester because of some arbitrary NCAA rule that prevents him from leaving at that point, you know? Yeah, and so if that's the case, that's advantage Ole Miss kind of because we've made this change relatively late in the the coaching carousel cycle and because Ole Miss has a relatively late drop ad date for classes. Yeah, yeah. Well, if you remember, <laughs> Ulysses Bentley, from what I remember, Ulysses Bentley like transferred to Ole Miss in March or something like that. It was like real late, and I never understood how it happened. Me neither. And I was about to say that, like, oh, he was an ad after the spring. No, he played in the spring game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then even guys like, okay, so if you remember last year, it was rumored that that Jackson Dart and Michael Trigg were going to come to Ole Miss, going to come to Ole Miss, and they visited, and then nothing, 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 nothing. Okay, there's no way they can possibly transfer this late. No way. And then they did. Uh, right. And then after that, Jared Ivy comes in the portal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like there's, I guess a lot of wiggle room for that kind of stuff. Good. Uh, there needs to be, there needs to be because like, uh, <laughs> we're in a very bad position uh, defensively in the, in the transfer portal right now. Um, you know, not only do we not have too many impact players coming in, but also, uh, the news of Chris Partridge being let go may very well bring some of the guys uh, or may very well lead some of the guys that he recruited to enter the portal. Um, right. So, so, yeah, I mean, there, there's probably going to be a lot of roster movement on the defensive side in the next, you know, two weeks. Yeah, probably so. Um, let's talk about Chris Partridge for a little bit. Um I think that Ole Miss could have done plenty worse than Chris Partridge. Uh, like a scenario where Chris Partridge was still the defensive coordinator at Ole Miss next season wasn't like catastrophic. No. Um, obviously, uh, a, a guy who recruited well until it became clear that he probably wasn't going to be the defensive coordinator anymore. Um, yeah. This offseason seemingly nothing at all from Partridge in the way of roster building. Um, yeah. And, and even seemingly lost some guys that were on the hook, including Neo Avery, who I was like massively excited about, uh, yeah. who was committed to Ole Miss for quite a while. Um, guy out of Maryland, which is kind of one of his areas, uh, Partridge's. Um, and, you know, Chris Partridge is a phenomenal recruiter, but, pretty much isolated to that Midwest Northeast right. region. And it's just, it's always going to be hard to convince guys like that to come to Mississippi. And yeah, like, understandably sure. so like, it's going to be hard to recruit Mississippi guys to go play for Rutgers in Maryland and Penn state. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's a hard transition and, and that limits the impact of his recruiting abilities. Yeah. That's actually an interesting point. Like he found success in that. Uh, you know, Taiwan Malone, Davis and Igbenosin, Aishim Young, Tashim Johnson, 
uh, and then I guess Neo Avery until until that signing day flip. Uh, but you know, considering how successful he was at getting guys to Ole Miss on defense, like imagine if he was at Maryland as the defensive coordinator. You yeah. know, like yeah, absolutely, they would be flush with talent. He should. Yeah, one of and, those schools, know. Rutgers or Maryland or somebody like that, they need to hire Chris Partridge. <laughs> absolutely, they do. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, sorry, I, I had a train of thought and it got derailed. Um, no, I was going to say like, so the guys you mentioned, like those are his kind of cornerstone guys that he's recruited and Chris Partridge is supposed to be our ACE recruiter kind of, especially on defense. And if it's like, you can kind of point to those like four or five guys, like you kind of need more than that, you know? I mean, yeah, I, I, I fully acknowledge that he's a really good recruiter, love his energy, really like a lot of the things he did at Ole Miss and, and really appreciate him, you know, taking a chance and, and coming down here. But like you, you really need more than like four or five guys to point to in almost three seasons, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was Demond Clowney, but he's gone already. Mm-hmm. So yeah, never, never did much at Ole Miss. And he well, was... I mean, Taiwan Malone hasn't done much. I mean, Taiwan Malone had a good bowl game. Yeah, and I mean, but also the three two six makes it hard for a player like Taiwan Malone to like suddenly emerge and be dominant. You know, like yeah, there's only three linemen, and and he's a little bit between positions. Um, right, right. You have to also... wonder, like, in a four down set, is is he able to make more of a name for himself? Is that like more stereotypical defensive tackle-ish kind of, you know, when, when the nose tackle doesn't have to be a billion pounds exactly. to be able to eat huge blocks from, you know, two offensive linemen or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, but like you, you know, you, you alluded to like, do those players now transfer? Um, especially like if Rutgers hires, Partridge. And again, like I haven't looked at Rutgers defensive coordinator position. Maybe, maybe they're really happy with their defensive coordinator. I have no idea, but like Davis and Igmanosin's brother plays for Rutgers. Yeah. Yeah. And that would be (sighs) probably the most impactful loss potential. Oh yeah. Of those. Yeah. Yeah. But also, you know, like that's what the, the NIL collective is for, you know, like give that guy an extra, Hunter G's or whatever. Yeah. And he'll probably uh-huh. stay because I don't know. I, I, I think that there will be ways to convince guys to stay who whose knee jerk reaction is to try to leave. Yeah. Um, well, and also like think about it this way. I mean, we've talked about players who might leave. Pete Golding comes in. Does Austin Keys consider coming back to Ole Miss? Yeah, very possibly. If you tell him like, "Hey, we're gonna have more snaps available for linebackers," yeah, uh, he might very well stay. And you know, he's from what Taylorsville, some seminary. I can't remember uh, somewhere in Mississippi. He's not connected to Chris Partridge, right? Um, right. And he's also a good linebacker. Like he was definitely one of the top two or three at Ole Miss last year. Yeah, depending on who was healthy, for sure. Um, and and yeah, he's probably better than Jeremiah John Baptiste, who they, they brought in from central Florida. I mean, he had roughly the same number of tackles at a much higher level of football. 
So, um, yeah. But yeah, so another another interesting note regarding players um, leaving or staying. Several key defensive players were just announced uh, to you know NIL deals with the Grove Collective. Um, and now those aren't binding. Those guys could enter the portal literally as these words are coming out of my mouth. But there's been rumors that Partridge is on the way out for a few weeks now and players would have to be, you know, plugging their ears and closing their eyes to have not heard those rumors. And they went ahead and signed these deals. Uh, and that, that includes guys like, hold on, crap, we have, we have a list real quick. I know Cedric Johnson was on the list. I know Igben Osen was on the list. Um, Tyshim Young, Tyshim Johnson, Kari Coleman, who I, I don't think could really leave anyway. Um, because he's already used his free transfer. Right, 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 right. But yeah, I mean, a lot of key defenders, and so hopefully that that indicates that most of those guys will stick. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that, that's all we have for right now. Uh, we will have plenty more analysis on the site, on readyhyperrebellion.com. We will also definitely podcast at least once next week uh, with with plenty of information, I'm sure, to come. So please check us out, and uh, we'll talk to you then.